The Shep Nas Podcast begins now. You're listening to the Shep Nas Podcast, a podcast by Shepherd Church. Everything we do here is to connect our community in a meaningful relationship with Christ, and we're expecting great things. My name's Joey. I'm the host of this podcast, and this week we're going to take a look back at a sermon series called Christ from the Cross that Pastor Rob preached. In this series, he focuses on forgiveness, assurance, and anguish, things that Jesus spoke into existence at the cross. Over the next six days, you'll hear different excerpts from this sermon series, and we hope that it helps you look forward to Easter and the, the resurrection of Jesus. These key words that this thief says is, remember me when you come into your kingdom. There was this recognition, right, uh, that Jesus had authority and that Jesus had a kingdom. And when he took his last breath, he was not going to stay there much longer. He would be going to wherever his kingdom was. And this thief says, Jesus, when you enter your kingdom, this recognition of you're different, you're something different, you have a kingdom, just remember me. And Jesus responds with incredible grace. Jesus' response is this. He he made it very clear when this thief was going to receive his reward. He gave him a reward, right? And he said, listen, I'm going to tell you when you're going to receive your reward. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Remember, when Jesus says, I tell you the truth, it's like, listen, I'm going to tell you something important. I tell you the truth. Today, Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And what Jesus was doing right then and there is he's saying that there's, there's no, I mean, there's, there's some theology that exists in the church here and there that these words that Jesus speaks on the truth, it puts some of this stuff completely to bed. One of those things is called soul sleep. Soul sleep is this belief that when a person dies, uh, that their spirit just kind of goes to sleep or their soul just kind of goes to sleep until everything happens in the world that has to happen. And then Jesus, when he comes back, everybody's going to wake up and it's going to seem like, oh, they've just, you know, just like yesterday was the day I died. Uh, and, and there's no lapse in time. Uh, but Jesus said, there isn't any of that. He said, today, when you take your last breath here on this cross, your next breath is going to be with me in paradise. Jesus put that all to death. He also puts, he also puts to, to bed the whole idea of purgatory. And that purgatory is just like if you're, you know, you have, if you haven't, uh, if you've done some things that are wrong, you, have, you go to purgatory and you kind of pay for the stuff that you've done. Uh, and then when you've paid enough, you, you go, you get out of purgatory and you go to heaven. Jesus said, no, no. Hey, listen, if there was a guy who needed to go to purgatory, it was a thief, right? I mean, he lived his whole life ignoring God and, and, and just completely forgetting about him and doing whatever he wanted to do. And he didn't have any opportunity to make it right. And so Jesus says, today you're going to be with me in paradise. So those things go away. And so not only did Jesus make it clear when he was going to receive his reward, he said, this is what your reward's going to be. Today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. We've talked a little bit about this. Um, in Luke chapter 16, earlier, Jesus told a story about a blind man and a beggar uh, and the two, the two different places that these guys went when they died. The Old Testament, the Bible calls, uh, is the word Sheol. It's a Hebrew, ter- Hebrew term, and it's called, it's a place, the place of the dead. The New Testament uses a, another term, a Greek term, uh, which is called Hades or hell. They're the, they're the same place. Hades and Sheol is the same place, but it's the place of the dead. And, and in, in these three, in this place, there's three categories, right? There's paradise, which Jesus talked about are Abraham's bosom, which was the father of, of their faith. Um, so it's paradise or rest. It's like heaven. Then there's this great chasm that separates the two. And then there's Hades or hell or, or the place of torment. Uh, and Jesus says to this thief who knew what Jesus was talking about today, you will be with me in paradise. You're going to go. Remember, we just read uh, the Apostles' Creed. And we said Jesus was crucified. He died and he was buried and he descended into hell, the place of the dead. Uh, and then on the third day, he rose again from the dead and he ascended into heaven. So he emptied out paradise and he took everybody to heaven with him. This thief was a part of all of that. 
It was an incredible day for this thief. So, so let's talk about some applications here, right? So this thief lives his life, does whatever, you know, and the last minute he asks Jesus to remember him and Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. So, so a couple quick applications here, right? First of all, here's what's interesting about this. Both of these thieves prayed, but only one of them was saved. I think that's interesting. Both of them prayed. They both talked to Jesus. They, that's what prayer is, talking to Jesus, right? They both prayed. They both talked to Jesus, but only one of them was saved. So going through the motions and praying, going to church and all those things isn't what gets you to heaven. There's got to be some substance. There's got to be some kind of belief that you have that makes a difference. Only one of these thieves cared about this life and not the next. He says, you know, the one thief on the one side says, uh, you, you're the Messiah, are you? If you're the Messiah, he says, prove it uh, by saving yourself and while you're at it, save us too. All he was focused on was this life. He just wanted to be saved. But the other thief recognized the importance of this next life. He wasn't worried about being saved. He knew he was guilty. He knew he was getting what he deserved. Uh, But he says, Jesus, when you go into your kingdom, remember me. He was focused on the next life. And I find that so often in our culture, we're just living for this life and not the next. And the lesson that this thief teaches us from the cross is that we should live this life today in preparation for the next life because the next life is going to be so much longer. It's going to be forever. And the consequences of where we spend the next life for eternity are so much more than living comfortably here in this life. So the question is where are you living for this life or are you living for the next life? Both of these thieves had the same opportunity both of these thieves had equal access to Jesus since they were both crucified on either side of them. They both hung next to Jesus the same amount of time. They both heard Jesus pray those prayers. They both heard the crowd's cries. They both read the sign above Jesus' head. They both experienced nature's response. They died so close together but will spend eternity worlds apart. Not because of the degree of wickedness of one, but because one called on Christ for help and the other mocked him. They had the same opportunity, the same opportunity that you and I have, the same access to Christ that we have. And it's important what we decide. Letter C in your note says there's good news and bad news regarding deathbed conversions. This maybe brings up some questions like, is it possible to, to live my life apart from God and at the last second right before I die to ask Christ to save me and make it to heaven? And the answer is yes. This is good news here, right? It is possible as the example of the thief teaches us. Here's a guy who lived his life and did every, whatever he wanted to do his whole life. And the last second of his life, he says, right before he dies, maybe just hours before, maybe moments, who knows? He, he says, Jesus, remember me. And Jesus saves him. So there's good news that people who live their life, all their life without accepting Christ, at the last moment, if they have that opportunity, can accept Christ and God's grace reaches even to them and will allow them the opportunity to spend eternity with him. But the bad news is that it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed that you will have the opportunity or the presence of mind at the end of your life to carry on this conversation, to recognize who you are and what you've done and how you've lived and the opportunity that's right before you. The bad news is that uh, no one knows the time of our death or, or even if we don't die and the rapture happens before that. We, we have no idea. It's not like we can live our lives and, and however we want and plan that right before I die, I'm going to pray this prayer and ask Jesus into my heart because we don't know if we're going to have that opportunity. The other piece of bad news about these deathbed conversions is this, is that, that you miss everything that is abundant about the life that Jesus offers us. If we just live our lives in sin and do whatever we want to do, listen, it might sound like fun, but it's not fun. We miss everything that Jesus offers us when it comes to abundant life. 
And Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and life abundantly. A life with Jesus Christ gives us abundant life. It's this overflowing and much more than we could ever ask, hope, dream for, or imagine the kind of life that Jesus gives to us. And, and the other piece of bad news is this, is that most people who refuse the gospel when they're healthy reject it when it's time to die. Most people who, who live their life and do whatever they want to do when it's time to die and they have the opportunity, many of them still reject Christ. This unrepentant thief is proof of that, right? I mean, he knew, uh, he knew he was going to die, right? He's on a cross. He's got three nails in his body holding him to the cross. He knows he's going to die. No one survives, uh, no one survives crucifixion. He was clearly faced with the reality of his guilt and his sin. His other buddy said, you're guilty. Him being on the cross, he knew he was guilty. He heard the prayers of Jesus. He looked into Jesus's eyes. He was encouraged by a friend to make things right. But in the end, he ridiculed Jesus and died the same way that he lived. And so just because we have that opportunity doesn't mean we're going to take it. Another thing that I thought was really important as I was studying that I came across this week kind of challenged my uh, presupposition is that I thought that this man chose to live however he wanted to live and then just had the opportunity, the lucky opportunity at the end to do whatever he wanted. And he denied Jesus throughout his whole life. And one of the commentators said, we should not assume that this was the last opportunity that this man had to accept Christ. Maybe it was the first opportunity. Maybe it was the first time he ever heard about Jesus and saw him and witnessed him or whatever. And he was wise taking the first opportunity that he had. It could be that he lived his whole life and never knew about Jesus. And so we shouldn't assume that this was his last opportunity. It could be that it was his first opportunity. And finally this morning, let me just share with you one more thing before we wrap things up uh, that I think seems really important about this thief. When the thief asked Jesus to remember him and, to, and in essence placed his trust in Jesus as his savior, it was his only option to make it to heaven. I mean, I mean, think about this. This guy didn't have any other opportunities, right? He had no other options but Jesus. Jesus was his only hope to make it into heaven. He was nailed to a cross and he would soon be dead. There were no hopes of ever turning over a new leaf. There was no chance that he could go out and perform any good deeds. He couldn't start going to church or join a group or get involved in ministry. He couldn't undo his past by making everything right that he had ever done wrong. He couldn't even ask anybody that he'd wronged to forgive them, anyone that he stole from. There was no way to give money or even attempt to balance out his bad deeds with his good deeds. The only hope that this man had was in what Jesus was going to do for him on the cross. It was his only option. And in some ways, I feel like this thief is in a much better position than you and I are because we live our lives and we think, if I, if I just go to church enough, if I give enough money, if I serve enough, if I help enough people, if my good deeds balance out my bad deeds, I'm going to make it into heaven. But I want to tell you that there's no other way to get into heaven except by trusting what Jesus did on the cross. It's the only way that we can get there. Isaiah said that Jesus was counted with the sinners so that we could be counted with the saved. He said he was counted as a sinner and he bore the sins of many and he pled with God for sinners. Paul mentioning this says, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Jesus Christ. The only hope that we have, the only hope that you have is in what Jesus did on the cross for us. In a way, I wish we were in that spot sometimes because it would put us to the point where we realize Jesus is our only hope. I hope this morning that if you're here or you're watching online that you have put your hope and your faith in Jesus. 
I hope you're not counting on something that you did, something that you're going to do, something that you plan to do, or something that you're doing now to get you into heaven. I hope that your only hope in making it to heaven is in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if you're trusting in anything else, you're trusting in something that will not get you there. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope that you liked it. We hope that you subscribe wherever you find your audio and please share it with your friend. You can find out more about what's happening at Shepherd through our website, through our app, of course, on our social media pages. And you can get a hold of us by emailing us at podcast at shepnaz.org. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. This weekend, we invite you to have the opportunity to set aside time to remember what happened in Scripture on that first Good Friday. Text the word FRIDAY to 614-820-8094 to receive texts Friday and Saturday. Each text will be a reminder of events that occurred leading up to that very first Easter. Once again, you can text the word FRIDAY to 614-820-8094. Easter is coming and we are expecting great things. This year, we have three services Easter Sunday to experience all that God has for you and your family. You can join us at 8.30, 9.45, or 11 a.m. on April 9th, right here at Shepherd Church. Plus, you can find out all about what's happening here Easter weekend by visiting shepnaz.org slash Easter 2023. We can't wait to see you here and celebrate together. A brand new event is coming to Shepherd Church this spring. Spring Fest happens on April 7th, and your family is sure to love it. There'll be tons of activities from inflatable obstacle courses to a glow party, from a petting zoo to axe throwing. There's even going to be prizes for winners of games and tournaments that we have like Cornhole and Can Jam. Seriously, we can't wait to see you here for Springfest. You can learn more by visiting shepnaz.org slash springfest. Make plans to come and spend the evening on April 7th with us at Shepherd Church. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.